Hello and welcome everybody back to the Inside Our Galaxy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Hernandez, as always. We're here to talk about our recap of Vancouver, uh, talk about that game, our home opener, uh, our thoughts, our, you know, opinions on the match, which ended in a 1-1 tie. So yeah, we're going to talk about that, everything, all the nice gritty details of that game. And of course, there are some Galaxy news as well. Of course, we get some signings, not only just player-wise, but in the front office which is very interesting we'll talk about that and then of course we have our preview against portland which will be this saturday at 1 30 p.m on fox national television prime time so yeah there's a lot of good stuff to talk about in uh for this episode and yeah i mean let's get right into it of course with me as always is la galaxy central how you doing man yeah i'm doing pretty good i'm happy to announce that a few days ago, I finally got a new mic that's very high quality and that I just brought into the podcast. But today's not going to be its debut day for it because I haven't really got to work very well. So I guess we just have to work with what we have. But I am excited to say that I got a new mic that will hopefully in the future make my audio sound a lot better. Yeah. Um, so just for a little context for everybody who's listening, uh, me and Nelly Galaxy Central, like we're like for hours, we were trying to get get his mic to work. But for some reason, like. Um, it isn't as simple as just plugging it in and working already for some reason, but, um, yeah, we had this big old struggle that we had for like, yeah, I mean, for what, like about a good hour, two hours, probably over an hour. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been, a, it was a pretty big of a struggle. Of, of course, like you said, it, it ain't going to be the debut where he tests out his new mic, but you know, it's unfortunate and hopefully we get that in our next episode or sooner than later. But of course, it's still great to have him on the show, no matter what quality of audio he's on so it's great to have him as always but also it's not just the both of us today um she's back uh you know her she brings the spice into into our show every time she's on um crystal's with us how you doing crystal hey you know chilling vibing um you know what actually i'm excited about this is probably well i mean it's not off topic but i'm kind of excited for the mls next postseason to start this weekend i'm kind of i'm kind of hype i'm kind of excited to see like the young like new talent that's just coming around with this new like league so i'm actually kind of looking forward for that 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 starts this week right uh yeah is it um it starts on the 25th or yeah the 25th which is the saturday yeah right like galaxy 2 is like or is gonna go to san jose's home so it's gonna be a little classical for the first first game the kelly classical uh, that's great and for those who don't know crystal's a very big um you know fan of g2 and is really into the g2 um you know spectrum of of the galaxy fandom so so it's good to have her also her takes on g2 and things like that normally we don't talk a lot of g2 but you know crystal does she talks a lot about that but um but anyways let's get right back to the first team of course like i said we took on Vancouver this weekend on Saturday for a home opener, which resulted in a 1-1 tie. Um, Galaxy rolled up with the same formation, that kind of what they've been using um, these past uh, few games with the addition of Tyler Boyd getting his first start, which was, you know, we'll talk about him and how he did. Um, then, obviously, of course, uh, Galaxy go down early in the match. Jonathan Bond gets injured. He gets subbed out. That also happens. Um, a push goal gets rightfully overturned in the 27th minute. Um, and to close and to close the first half, we got a Kelvin Leardam goal, his first goal as a Galaxy player. I, I believe so. That was his first goal as a Galaxy player. Um, he gets the tying goal in the last minutes of the first half. And then the second half, we could have had the win, 
Um, it should have been the win. Um, and Jovelchik scores, or Jovelich, sorry, scores a 76-minute potentially to win the game. It was called the handball. Wasn't even checked. Wasn't even reviewed. Game stays tied same as the same uh, results. And, you know, we get a 1-1 tie. Um, so, yeah, that was our hope, home opener. And basically just a rundown of, of what happened. But, of course, let's get right into our thoughts here. Um, let's start off with LA Galaxy Central. How'd you feel about this game, man? What would what, you think? What'd you think about it? Yeah, I saw some improvements definitely from the first two weeks. I think we played a lot better. We saw some great things with the tactics and with some of the players. I think they even started to form some chemistry. We saw another solid defensive performance, but ultimately from this game, I still think we kind of came up short. I think going into this game, our, all of our goal was kind of just three points, especially considering we're going on the road next week. Then we come home and play a very tough Seattle team. I think this is one of those games where we looked at it. You said you kind of really needed three points, and we kind of fell short of that. Some of it due to the ref and some of it just – us not really being good enough and taking enough and creating enough chances. So it is a little bit unfortunate, but it's nice to keep the unbeaten run going as for now. Yeah. I mean, definitely for sure. I definitely think this was um, the most comfortable game that the galaxy have looked or played really for, for the season. And I know a lot of people kind of weren't happy with the result, obviously refs, but also a lot of people weren't happy with necessarily the team, but honestly, I think the team overall just looked, you know, they, they, they out of these three games, obviously, which is still very early on, this is the best they've played so far in this little part of the season, right? So I definitely think they, they did look good. They look solid. Defense looks solid. Midfield looks solid. Offense was, you know, producing something that we haven't seen in the first couple of games as much. And, of course, we got technically three goals, two of them overturned, one rightfully overturned, and the other one wasn't even checked, which um, sucks, but... Yeah, I definitely do think that the Galaxy looked much better in this game and definitely looked a lot more comfortable. Um, Crystal, what what are your thoughts on that game? How how'd you how'd you feel about that one? Um, I know me and you kind of talked about it like on our own. Um, but I mean, honestly, I feel like for the game, it was a good game. Like they had a they had good moments where I was like, okay, I see Tyler Boyd though, he's out here. But there was, like, other moments for me. And I think, like, also watching it live, I feel like also, I mean, I know you weren't at the game. I'm not sure if LA Galaxy Central was at the game. But but you said on the side, don't you? Yeah. So, obviously, I sit behind the goal um, on, like, the home side, like, usually where we start, like, by the tunnel. Um, And I feel like for the first half, like, being – able to like kind of watch like our back line I did feel like for a little bit there was a lot of confusion I feel like there was some moments where they did look a little bit disorganized but again it's probably just because there's new players new formations you know having to adjust but I feel like overall they did look better than they did against Kansas City and Dallas for sure so that's like a plus but I don't know I think I think there just still needs to be some work a lot of work no nah, i mean yeah for sure i mean this is still very early on in the season and i definitely do agree that there is quite a bit of work to, uh to be done right i mean there's still a lot of players that are going to come in and and you know we're going to see how this team goes but yeah i mean i definitely do think that the first half was a little more i guess in a sense shaky for for uh the galaxy in a sense not like like complete like you know disorganization but i can tell there was a little bit of you know, I, I mean, I, I sort of get what you're getting at. Though It wasn't necessarily perfect from the Galaxy in the first half, but eventually they got it going. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, you talked about some players, right? Tyler Boyd, I think, was the biggest um, addition of, of that night and really made the, the offense step up that night. I really think that Tyler Boyd that night was, you know, just a difference maker. I mean, the fact that, like I said, these past couple of weeks, it's like, how is it that, you know, we're in need of wingers and you don't have your only winger on the roster starting. And you can definitely tell that having him in that, you know, in that field and, and you know, and the starting 11 definitely made a difference and definitely, you know, contributed to the offense. And it was more, more active. There was more shots. There were more, you know, chances created. And honestly, just, and, and like I said, we had three goals really in that game, but you know, of course two were overturned, but you know, it's still, you got a lot of offense going in that game. So I think definitely think that um, that was one of the players that kind of stood out to me in, in that game as well. Um, anybody that stood out to you? Um, Alex, anybody that uh, stood out to you? Yeah, I think Raheem Edwards definitely had his best game of the season so far. He was defending well. He was being aggressive. He was being decisive. I think some of that had to do with Vancouver having Julian Gressel, who's kind of a very attacking mind defender. So Edwards didn't really have to defend as much, but you still got to give credit to Edwards. He had a really good game and arguably alongside Boyd was the man of the match. And it was very good to see from him after having a pretty slow two games to start the year. Yeah. And you know what? I, I thought about that too. I definitely think that, you know, of course we, we were kind of giving Edwards the, you know, you know, the criticism these past couple games because of, you know, uh, just cause he wasn't performing as well, but I definitely think that having Tyler Boyd in, in that field and on the same side of the field as, you know, Raheem really gives them more of a, you know, sort of like a cushion or a comfort knowing that you have two playmakers on that side and that, you know, if Raheem can't take it all the way, you still got Tyler Boyd and he could do something, which, by the way, had a filthy move <laughs> against the, that one Vancouver player in that game, which was like, you know, it was crazy. But, um, yeah, I definitely agree that Raheem was one of those players that uh, really did step up in that game and has looked a lot better since, you know, preseason and the beginning of the, of this uh, um, of this, you know, regular season. Um, Crystal, do you have anybody that stood out to you for this game? Honestly, yeah, I feel like, again, Tyler Boyd stood out to me a lot. Um, I honestly like how he plays. He's been kind of sticking out to me, though, for, like, the few games since preseason. I was kind of like, okay, Pearl, let's see how you pop off during season, though. Because as we've seen before, people will pop off during season or during preseason, and then during season they just fall off and then go somewhere and you don't know where they are anymore. Um, I think the other person that stood out to me this game also was Raheem and I feel like he really redeemed himself from last week but also too I mean like we talked about so many times with Dallas Dallas is just that attacking team like they're just they are just gonna give you a run for your money regardless but I feel like Raheem really redeemed himself and I was like yes sir that is the Raheem I know and love um I will say though I know we're talking about who stuck out but I'll talk about who stuck out in a bad way Efra did nothing for me at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Stop. Anyways, he did nothing for me at all. And then um, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Ricky, like I love Ricky. He's my fave. But there was just moments for me where like he would just kind of pass the ball. And you're just kind of like, Ricky, you don't do that like that, you know? And Gaston, like, you don't do that. Like, I don't know. Like, he just gave, like, so many, like, balls. There was, like, a moment where he gave away, like, 
two or three like just boss the other team and you're just like Ricky what are you doing like you don't do that sweetheart and then um Gaston was okay like I feel like he was fine like he didn't stick out to me in a bad way but he did stick out to me in a good way like he was just kind of there and Jalen Jalen looked good I think Jalen looked good Gaston looked good Leardam got it together for that goal and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And then my poor Bondi was over here injured. But shout out to Klingsman because with the pressure, like literally he probably got like zero minutes for like MLS at least. Like I know he played for like the Open Cup and stuff. But like as far as MLS games, I feel like he didn't, he never really played or started. So I feel like coming through um, for the rest of the game to have them like not score on us anymore, like that came in a big clutch. So shout out to Klingsman. Yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, you kind of, I kind of want to dive into a couple of those players as well, but I want to start off with Klinsman first because, right, it ain't easy to, you know, be a backup goalkeeper and you know go in in a game like that, you know, expecting to really like, you know, I guess just be the starter at that point, right? So, um, and he had an interesting take on it too in his post conference too, like you know, he he says that like every time he goes into the game, he's like goes in there like mad because like he knows that he's not going to start and things like that, but he just knows that. Whenever he gets that chance, he has to be prepared for those situations. And really, that's his role, right? To whenever those situations come for him, that he has to be ready. He has to be prepared, whether he does start for another tournament or Bond gets injured, like in this case for the for the uh, for Saturday's match. I definitely think that, you know, Klinsman's mentality is definitely right for that one. Um, You brought up Efrain, which was another player that I think a lot of people are very vocal about right now because especially with what he's been saying that, you know, this is going to be his year. He's been focusing on his, his diet, his nutrition, everything like that. And like you said, there wasn't much that, that Efra got that you got out of Efra in this game. And I definitely agree on that. It's like Efra right now is just sort of the same that we've always been seeing. Obviously it's still very early on in the season and I'm hoping at some point it turns around, but we've also been hoping it turns around for like what, four years already so it's like or even longer i i mean you know it's 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 rough for efra um he's definitely one of those players that um you know stood out to me in sort of like a negative way you brought up ricky Puj, which i sort of agree as well i definitely think that he's been giving up the balls a lot too easily and i think sometimes he plays a little bit of a hero at some points like there's times where he tries to take it all the way and you know tries to do more than what he has to i know there was a couple times where he could have had Tyler Boyd and he could have created something, but instead he decided to take it on himself. And, you know, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, things with Ricky right now. Obviously right now he's just the, uh, you know, I get it, the pressure of him being sort of the face of the team right now and trying to do as much as he can. But I think he, at some point he does need to step back a little bit on what he does and really try to focus on what he needs to do. But, yeah, I definitely agree with Ricky on that one. Um but anybody, anybody else that stood or stood out to you negatively, um, Alex? Oh uh, no, not really. I mean, just Alvarez again. I think he's a player we've all been very critical of, and I think it's rightly so. We've been expecting big things for a while. He has the talent, but we're just not seeing results right now. And I don't know what it is. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with tactically or players, but he's just not been good enough right now. And I mean, I don't know if he can turn around. It doesn't look great so far. But like you said, it's early in the season. And I mean, we don't know how much more opportunity he's gonna get, but. As long as he keeps starting, we gotta just wait and see on him. But it hasn't been great so far. Yeah, I mean, definitely for sure. Um, but anyways, final thoughts on the, on this game? Any anything else that stood out to you guys? 
I mean, yeah, pretty poor result. Like at home, Vancouver's played three more games than us. They were just in the, I think the Honduras like three days ago, they lost to Real España two to three. With them coming like on the road again, I think the Galaxy should have had a more like killer mentality that they should have really killed them off and got these three points. I know they had a chance with Yelvich, but like it shouldn't even come down to one player. I think we should have won the game just more comfortably and not found ourselves in a position to drop points at home. So overall, I think it's a more on the disappointing side of results. I definitely do agree on that. Like, I definitely, like, obviously, I'm disappointed in the call, the Jovalich call, with, which should have been a goal. It should have, I think everybody knows that should have been a goal. But at the end of the day, like, it should have been, you know, you know, it should have been over before that, too, right? So um, I definitely do think the result was a little disappointing on that end. You know, I don't know. I, I, I've always said it since the start of the show that VAR stinks. <laughs> in MLS and it always will until like if you keep doing BS calls like the Yovelich call um, but at the end of the day yeah I mean this should have been a game that we that we could have won and you're right you know like Vancouver went to Honduras to go play and you know came back on the road to play us it should have been more of a you know it should have been it should have been a win I definitely do think that but I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed in in the tie either just considering like again this team is where we're at is not a hundred percent. So in a sense, I mean, I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I did see a lot of good things in that game as well. Um, Crystal, do you have any other last minute pointers for this game? Um, I agree with you guys. Like it shouldn't be, it shouldn't have came down to like, you know, one player like Decky shouldn't be like, you know, getting all the, like the hate for it. But the one thing I will say is that was one bullshit ass goal. I was so mad. Like, I don't think, like, I get mad very often, but I was pretty mad. Like, I was so, like, boy, what? Like, where is this ref? Because me and this ref about to throw hands for real. Like, I thought I was about to, like, jump the wall and, like, risk it all because I made me so mad. And the worst part, of, I mean, not the worst part, but the best part about it is I actually did get it on video. Like, I actually recorded the entire goal, like, live on my phone. Which still wasn't a handball, by the way, after that video. Exactly. I was like, boy, hand where? I did not know my armpit was part of my hand. But anyways, like, uh, the ref obviously needs to go back to school and go to anatomy class because he didn't know what part of his arm, what the, I don't know if I can cuss on here. I don't know if it's supposed to be PG-13, but I don't know what the fuck type of shit he (laughs) thought was. But I was like, excuse me. Oh, uh -uh. I was so mad. And then, yeah, I almost, like, I almost risked it all. Like, I almost risked risked it all to, like, risk it all. Oh, my God. I cannot speak English. That's how embarrassed I got. Look at that. It's kind of bad. But anyways, regardless, I think we did do better. But, yeah, I agree. Like, that should have just been a game we should have just smoked. Like, I don't know. The Vancouver was not that good. And then they injured my Bondi. Like, what is wrong with them? And they tried playing on my team. So I have two more things to add. Like on one hand, like we actually could have lost the game. Like there's one chance that Vancouver had that wasn't showing the highlights that I'm absolutely shocked by uh, Ryan Gold played a ball to Brian White, who's the Vancouver forward. He was one-on-one on goal. I don't know if you guys remember. And he just missed it. Like he was one-on-one with the keeper. He just completely missed it. Why? Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I remember that one. I do. It's like, that was like an insane chance that just they missed. And it was like such an easy chance. I don't know how they missed it really. Because they were, you know, they're a little slow. They were yeah. a little slow. One. I was like, oh, sweetheart. 
We also had that almost near own goal at the end of the game where I think, I don't know who it was, but one of the Vancouver players just kind of outmuscled Casas, which is pretty rare in itself. And Casas ended up getting unbalanced, hitting it backwards into the top corner of our own goal. And Klinsman had to come up with a big save just to keep us like tied. So like, I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, the Galaxy were so dominant, like we should have easily won this game but when you look at it it, it kind of is disappointing but there was opportunity to lose that though so I guess we kind of got to take it both ways yeah I, def- I definitely do agree with that too because I think a lot of Vancouver fans kind of felt the same way too you know it was just sort of like the you know it wasn't great for either side or or you know but there was moments for them that that showed you know good display I guess but um, yeah definitely for sure I agree on that as well but anyways uh, I think that's it for the game the Vancouver game so I guess we'll just move on on that yeah a little bit disappointing but there was some good stuff to see for that for that game as well so um, but yeah we take a 1-1 tie at home and you know we move forward and you know we go to Portland which we'll talk about later for of course but um, yeah that's it for Vancouver all right then now that we move on from our recap of Vancouver let's talk about some things off the field outside of yeah, just out, out of the field. Um, so let's talk about some Galaxy news here. Um, of course, let's talk about our newest signing um, that we've talked about before, but now it's, it is official. Uh, Julian uh, Ayuda. No, it's not Ayuda. He said it on his, on his story. I forget. Um, I would just call him Julian Ayuda just because I forgot how he pronounced yeah, it. Yeah. Um, he gets signed on a five-year deal from um, Club Atletico Lanús, um, which is from Argentina. He'll be a U22 player. And Efrain Alvarez will be moved uh, to a TAM player to basically be roster compliant. And so obviously we don't get caught with cheating or anything like that again. Um, but yeah, Julian um, Ayuda gets signed to the Galaxy for five years. Um, pretty big signing. Uh, we've talked about this before that we kind of wanted to see another, you know, um, player in that position, in the left back position. But um, of course, let's just start off with you, um, like Alex Central. How do you, how'd you feel about the signing? Yeah, I'm very excited and optimistic about that. I've heard, I've heard some great things about him in Argentina. Obviously, he played at the national team level. He's still 19 years old, so he's a very young player in the youth programs in Argentina. And I think he might be a great addition. Maybe we'll bring some more defending that Raheem Edwards can't do, allows Raheem Edwards to move up the field. Hopefully, he can do some things well, like crossing, crossing the ball. You know, in the Galaxy system, we love to cross the ball, so hopefully he can do that. He looks like a good dribbler, and I'm just very excited for it. We have a lot of youth and talent in our back line right now with Jalen Neal, Caligari, and now IU, they all representing their countries at youth international levels. So to have that many high-quality players in one back line, not to mention Costas, who's also a great veteran, and Bon is a good keeper, all of them like non-DP deals. I think that's a very good move, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him play soon. Yeah, def- definitely for sure. I agree that defense is getting reinforced, which is something that I think that, you know, is never a bad thing to do, right, to reinforce that defense because at the end of the day, you know what they say, defense wins championships. And of course, the more you invest in your defense, the, you know, the more clutch and, you know, your team can be with that. Right. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think that, you know, getting him was a good signing. Talked about it before, you know, his profile and what he brings to the table is already impressive at at a young age and putting him here and and with us and with other young players, like you said, Caligari and Jalen Neal, who basically, you know, you know, I feel like is already a starter for the team at this point moving forward. Um, and then also with the veteran of Casares and, and, you know, things like that, you know, you, you it is very interesting uh, how the Galaxy are approaching with the defense and, and it's very uh, exciting at the same time. But, um, Crystal, what do you think about that timing? How would you feel about that one? 
I think it's good. I think we obviously need more addition to that defense because that back line is looking a little a little rough. They look a little rough there. But it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, I am pretty excited because yeah, again, he's young. We need young players. We need I feel like a lot of teams are using a lot of more creativity. So I feel like when we have a lot of older players, they are so used to a certain playing style. And it's kind of hard to obviously adapt to new playing styles and stuff like that. So I feel like having those young players, um, kind of like how Julian was, like he was very creative and he was very smart with the ball when he did have the ball. So I feel like having another young player that plays at such a high level already or a pretty high level already, it'll be nice to kind of add that to our back line. I still want to see Marcus come up sometime, but, you know, that's a different conversation for a different time. Uh, yeah, you were about to go off again on that one. But um, yeah, I definitely do agree on that as well with every everything you said. Um, yeah, I just agree with all that. And, um, you know, of course, everybody was kind of mad at, at first about the whole Efra moving to a TAM deal, which, by the way, don't worry. Efra is not getting more money, which I don't think he, he deserves to get more money at this point. But, <laughs> Good Lord. But Does he? no, no, Efra is making the same amount of money, just the different style of contract or type of contract has been changed. So Efra still making the same amount of money because technically he was making TAM money, but just was under a U22 player. And then now he's a TAM player making the same amount of money, which again, makes his roster compliant. He's not making more money. So everybody pumped the brakes on that one though. I think Efra is still making a lot of money, even when he was a U22 player, but that is also another discussion that can be, uh, you know, talked about at some other point when they release the, you know, salaries and stuff later this season. Um, but yeah, definitely for sure. That is a great addition and I can't wait till he gets in here, um, and see what he does. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, now we have another addition, but not a player. This was a, this was a front office move, which was interesting because this happened like a couple hours before kickoff, maybe a few hours before kickoff. Um, Will Koontz joins the LA galaxy front office, who was a former, I believe a former assistant GM at LAFC was there, you know, since the beginning till now with, you know, he was there for both Supporter Shields and the MLS Cup, of course. Um, he joins the LA Galaxy front office, so he was with LAC before. Before that, I guess he was with the league offices. And then even before that, he was with the, with the New York Yankees in baseball. So, um, of course, this is very interesting to see, especially on the home opener day where obviously there was a lot of, you know, outside things going with protests against Chris Klein and the front office. And the Galaxy decided to do a front office move the day of. So it was interesting to see that um, from the galaxy, but of course, um, Will Koontz joins the galaxy, um, obviously having good success across town and, you know, and it's just an interesting move, but um, what do you guys think about that? What, would you, what were you guys thoughts when you heard that one um, being announced that day? Yeah, I'll start. Like, I think it's a great move. Obviously the galaxy front office, especially since Keenan Donovan left has really struggled, made a lot of bad moves and, Obviously, Greg Vanny is the head coach right now. He's asked to be the sporting director. I think it's just a lot on him to try to do everything. So just having extra support in that front office, a guy who's known to get deals done, who's very good at working with players, working with agents, I think is a, an overall great presence to have in that front office. And I, and I think he's getting a big role too. I don't think he would just dump LAFC that easily if he wasn't getting a big promotion at a different club. So we don't know the role yet. It should come out pretty soon, but it'll be interesting to see what role Koons plays in building this club up again. Yeah, definitely for sure. He was 
he was sought was going to be like a sought out um, front office um, personnel, like when he left LAFC. Like I'm assuming a lot of teams were interested in his services, despite what role he gets and whatever that role is going to be um, announced whenever it does get announced. But yeah, he was definitely sought out after, and I think coming to the Galaxy was great for him and great for us. Obviously, it's great for him because he doesn't have to go anywhere else. He can stay in LA, just go to a different <laughs> office, I guess you can say. And, um, you know, and he could still do the same things. But, yeah, it's a really interesting addition, and we'll see what that role is. But, um, Crystal, what did you think about that one when you saw that one? Did you see that one? <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, I I don't know. I think it kind of threw me – not threw me off. Oh, it did throw me off guard because I feel like they were so, like, oh, like, all these protests are distractions and, like, this and that. And they were kind of, I feel like, from what I've seen, as far as that goes, they were not, I wouldn't say like disregarding this party groups, maybe just a little bit by calling them like a distraction and stuff. Um, and then like how they were coming out, little things were saying how like they were coming out, like nobody like reached back out to them, stuff like that. So I feel like having them make that move was like interesting because it's like, okay, you know that there was protests going on, you know, like little things were going on. So it was like, was this to kind of make them? Like, almost like a shut-up to, like, to make them chill out a little bit. Or, like, what? Because, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it was very random, and the timing was very, like, interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe it was to see if maybe they'll make them, like, hush-hush just a little bit. But I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, Yeah, I definitely do think that is also another interesting aspect of it, right? Because, you know, of course, the protesters right now, protesting about the front office which by the way didn't really get to talk about it in the, in the recap of vancouver but what what, what was that also like because you guys were in, in the attendance i wasn't what was that also like you know having no supporter groups in the stadium for a regular season game what, what, what were you guys thoughts on that as well it was really quiet because i like i said like i sit right next to the tunnel so i'm usually by lars and lars they get pretty they get lit over there so mm-hmm. it was like interesting because it was quiet and there was a lot of people still sitting in Lars, but they weren't Lars. Like, you know, like they were either people that bought rebought their ticket or like whatever, but like they weren't Lars. So it kind of like it's kind of boring a little bit because I feel like people still try to keep the chance going. Like in the beginning, um, they were doing like the LA Galaxy chant with Cosmo because Cosmo was hitting the side of like the like the wall, but that's pretty much it. Other than that, it was like kind of quiet. So it was a little boring-ish just because, you know, you're so used to having that extra, like, come out of that environment, you know, like that extra energy, the like big energy that everybody has. And I feel like they try to keep it by doing little things, but, you know, it's never the same. Especially when the people behind me were trying to talk about 3252 and how 3252 is always so loud. And I'm like, Sweetheart, you in the wrong stadium for that, okay? I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying, but yeah, someone had a good take. It was on Twitter. I think Corner of the Galaxy shared it, which is how I found out about. It. They said like you heard moments where the crowd like boomed, they collapsed, they kind of cheered when something like cool happened. But the moments that you really knew the protest was happening for the supporters groups was the moments in between all that, like when there was just normal possession, or there was like a throw in, or just like just basic kind of irrelevant actions of the game like there was like dead silent that's where you really kind of had the effect of not really hearing any sounds and a majority of the stadium was full as you would expect it I think 
the galaxy were on their knees and their hands just praying for people to get in there. You could tell with all that promotions, but yeah, it was definitely different. It was easier to plan for the away team for sure. And hopefully they get this all figured out soon because I think everyone in the stadium and the players want the support groups back. I think the support groups want to be back too, but there's a lot of issues that need to be solved right now. Right. Um, and, I, and I was actually going to bring up those, like, what, what, what do the supporter groups want? Right. But and Crystal brought up a good point or uh, a point that she said that there was people talking about LAFC and things like that. I heard people did not have a good time because yeah, because of a lot of these promotions and really giving away tickets, there were a lot of non galaxy fans in the stadium. Like I, I think there was a, there was this post on like Reddit that like, or somebody, you know, posted on the galaxy, you know, subreddit or whatever. And like, I guess he was like a season ticket holder member and like, you know, there was a bunch of people that, you know, were wearing, I guess, Dignity Health Sports Park shirts or something like that. And like a lot of them were talking about LAFC and they were saying like, you know, saying like, oh, bring out Vela. And it's like, oh, no, wait, this is the wrong team and stuff like that. <laughs> and like the guy was and the guy wasn't, you know, didn't like it. That that season hold, ticket holder didn't like the fact that there was a lot of people who weren't there for the Galaxy. It was just there for, you know, because they just got tickets, you know, and, and that that is a shame. Um, to hear from the, from those people, from actual fans who are just, you know, having because obviously when you're at a home game, you want it to be to feel like a home game. Right. You want you want the atmosphere. You want to sit with other um, well, mainly other Galaxy fans. Yeah, sure. There's going to be other away fans or whatever. And LAFC fans who somehow always want to go to a Galaxy game, even if LAFC is playing sometimes. But anyway, that's a different discussion. But yeah, like obviously the environment, even for some people, wasn't just fully there. And, um, you know, sort of back to the supporter groups, right? And the, the Will Koontz uh, announcements, it's like, is this sort of like a compromise, right? Like, are the supporter groups willing to compromise for this one you know, person be, that they brought in, you know, into the front office? And depending on that role, too, like, what is what, what is Koontz's role going to be for the Galaxy and for the front office? Could that be a compromise? Because to be honest with you, I, I feel like Klein isn't going anywhere just because the fact that they already signed this extension, it's already on paper, you know, the deal's done, right? So it, yeah. is this sort of a compromise for the supporter groups and for the front office to be like, hey, listen, we brought someone in here who has had success with another team and won championships and things like that, and he's going to be here to help out, you know, Greg Vanny and, you know, Joe Onkarovsky or whoever um to help build the championship team so it's like is that like a compromise for these support groups that 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 is like an interesting like way to look at it and i don't know if that is what the galaxy are trying to do with this signing yeah i mean we can have two things on top of that for the first one kind of like before all that like i mean the galaxy definitely gave away a lot of free tickets i saw a lot of like club teams there like 20 players like wearing the same uniforms so they invite like youth club teams there's a lot of like army members there there's like Herbalife employees there there like what you said there's some like dignity health t-shirts on there I mean who else who knows who they invite they obviously they invited a few of the Lakers or former Lakers they have a few like famous TikTok people there so they invited a ton of people like I don't know what you guys think about that but I mean it was pretty it was kind of sad and like interesting to see to say the least yeah I mean definitely for sure like uh you know, but I feel like the TikTokers and the, you know, the Laker players and stuff like that. I feel like I'm used to, you know, they, they always try to do that, right? They always try to bring at least some, someone with a good platform to, you know, um, go to the games, right? So I feel like that's kind of normal, but definitely for sure, giving out away tickets um, to randoms is like, I don't know, like that one, I feel bad for the people. Like, for example, for that season ticket holder 
who, you know, didn't feel comfortable being around with people who weren't there for the galaxy. Like, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable either. If, if, if it was like, I'm sitting in dignity health sports park where I'm supposed to be with a bunch of other G's and the people around me aren't even G's. So it's like, what was the point of going to a home game at that point? So yeah, definitely. That is very true because I think that's like one thing I feel like, I hate to kind of do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. That's like the kind of worst part right now, I think, with the situation with the supporter groups, because obviously any business, if you look at it as a business side, they're obviously going to want their money. And so I feel like it's hard, you know, obviously when this is going on, but I feel like there's a lot of teams that I feel like are good examples of what either a club should do or like whatever i feel like there's a lot of learning to do because okay i'm exposing myself a little bit when i do go to lafc games um it's obviously a different vibe and i and i was talking about this actually to another girl that sits there because she one of the girls that sit by me by where my season tickets are they're all season ticket members but she's like the somebody president something of one of the supporter groups for angel city so when we were talking about why 3252 is so loud, they have five sections. And mind you, they're like up and down. So like they have like their upper seating and their lower seating. And they're also meant for concerts. So they're just louder. But I think one thing. Well, yeah, I think it's no secret that both clubs right now are in different states. Like LAFC has been pretty successful recently. And obviously they have a new stadium too. Their stadium was built in 2018. Ours was built in like what? Year, like but that's not the point. But the point is, is okay. still like, like there's gonna be different environments, different cultures. Yeah, but that's still not the point. It's the, a new thing. Like it's gonna work better. It just is like. But that's that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at is what Eric was talking about. That there or what you guys are talking about. Like there's just so many tickets that just got just thrown out there, for and it's not the same vibe as we got it with the supporter groups because when I first got my season tickets. It was very galaxy. Like every you like everybody knew like who we were. It was like always a lit time. The vibes were good, and it was easy to compete. Even when people came, other like other supporters came from other teams. But like now, like even the preseason games, like those were wow. Like you're bored. It's boring. It's not like the same vibe as it used to be. And I feel like that's what's going to end up affecting them in the long run because then more season ticket holders are like, why am I going to keep coming to this game? Like, yes, you'll come support the team, but it's like, at what cost? I'm going to pay X amount of dollars to sit in this empty stadium with other fans and like that people are like not even Galaxy. Like, I don't know, it don't make sense to me, but that's just me. I mean, yeah, you're right. Chris Klein has ruined this club. I mean... The job right now is to build a competitive team again, work it out with the supporters groups, and hopefully be good in the future. I think that's what everybody wants. Greg Van is a competitive coach. I think that's what he wants, and that's what everybody should want. Yeah, it's pretty bad right now. It's not deniable, but I think we just have to kind of work our way back up. And I don't really like the comparison. Like, it's just not the same situation. But, I mean, I guess that's just your opinion. But there's I mean, stuff- it's not – I'm just talking about the vibe part. Like, you're going to spend money to go do what? Right. I was going to say, can I, can I just chime in for a bit? I think what Chris yeah. was trying to say is that, obviously, yeah, different situations, right, with the Galaxy and LAFC, if we're going to make this comparison, right? But – and you look at LAFC, that most of that stadium is already filled out with, with season ticket holders, right? So, a lot of the people are there for LAFC. And then for Galaxy, 
not only was it just this season, but really the past seasons, a lot of people have not been, you know, buying season ticket holders. And the few people who are season ticket holders now, you know, with those guys gone and then people not showing up to the stadium, you're right. The vibe just isn't there. It's not going to be there for, for the Galaxy right now. And and that's just what I, I think that's what Chris was trying to allude to is just that it's not necessarily that, oh, LAFC is better right now. It's just the state. Where well, the, the Galaxy isn't right necessary. Just, you can just state one thing without praising the other. It's kind of my point. Like we can just. No, kinda... but I don't think it's praising the other. I just th- I just definitely think it's, you know, it, it's just the different scenario. That's just how whatever they're doing is run there is just different than what the galaxy is right now. But again, that's what I'm trying to get out with the whole Will Coons thing, right? A guy who's from that, that front office, a guy who's had success in that front office. Now you bring him to the galaxy. Is this sort of a compromise for these supporters, not only just supportive groups, but just in general for galaxy supporters, is this a is this like sort of a compromise where you say like, listen, we got this guy who won across town and now we bring him to our, into our, offices our facilities and we're going to try to build a championship winning team i mean that's just sort of that's just how i look at it right it's like is this going to be like a compromise for for the supporters and for the supporters to come back i don't know if it is or not i don't know exactly if the supporter groups are looking for a compromise or they just really want chris klein out which i'm pretty sure they all do but i'm just saying i don't know if they're working for a compromise either but um no i mean overall it is just interesting in general how you know the vibes right now in the, in the stadium are just so different right now compared to many other years. And, you know, galaxy, not only are they trying to just do everything they can to make money, but also try to win the supporter, the supporters back. And I don't know if that's going to work or not. It could work with, with Will Coons coming in. It might not work, but um, I don't know. We're just going to have to see, but it is very interesting. Honestly, that's what I was trying to get at. Like nobody was trying to praise LAFC. First of all, and number two, I was talking about literally completely the vibe because that's it's it's the truth. And that's what I was trying to get at with when you guys asked me, like, or when Eric, when you asked, like, what we thought about him coming in, it's it was that. It's like, okay, yeah, we bring this guy that came from is coming from a club that is right now successful, that has a fan base and a stadium that gets filled with their fans that are specifically there for them. They're not just some randoms from over here, over there and whatever or a bunch of just youth soccer club teams that just come because you know the kids or whatever it's like okay like this guy's coming in like can you guys chill out like type it like that's what I was trying to get at but maybe I worded it wrong. but anyways I yeah. think that I feel like it probably is that compromise and that's what I was trying to get like that because it's like how can you announce something like that Right before a game, which I'm sure they've talked about it before, obviously. And it's like, you want to announce that two hours before the game starts when you know that they're going to do a protest an hour before the game starts. But, I mean, obviously that didn't work. But it's like, mm, like sweetheart, you got to do better than that. Yeah, I mean, it's de- it was definitely planned, no doubt about it. And I think the supporters for that a compromise. I mean, Will Coons, I mean, I'm not saying he's like – perfect but he's no joke he's won a lot of trophies he's had some great success and he's a big addition to this front office and if the support groups can maybe work with the other members of the front office to try to balance things out say how they're going to be treated what new kind of policies are we going to have i mean maybe it could lead to a compromise i don't know i'm not really in charge of that but i think it's something to keep an eye after and it definitely was kind of base supporters in right i yeah definitely for sure i mean 
it'll be interesting how that goes. I don't know how the supporters necessarily feel. And if they really do want to compromise, if their only option is, hey, we want Klein out and that's the only option to get us back into the stadium, what happened? I don't think they'll get their way with Klein. I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, they just extend him. I don't think the ownership cares enough anymore, to be honest. I don't think Chris Klein has hard feelings. How do I say it? Like, I don't think he's soft. Like, he's not going to let criticism just make him step down. So, if that's the only thing, well, then they're going to be without supporters for years probably. And I don't know how it's going to work out. But Right. So, I definitely do think – Maybe Will Kuntz isn't the compromise. Like, this isn't the deal breaker that's going to say, hey, let's go into uh, the sport group saying, like, hey, this is going to be, like, the reason why we go back in. Obviously, this is probably the first step to a compromise, maybe. Um, but, yeah, definitely for sure it's interesting. And, honestly, um, pretty interesting conversation because it, it is it did uh, bring a lot out of it, right? So, yeah, I mean, we'll just see how it goes, of course. Um, but, yeah, we get some additional, um, I guess, you know, we got a player in, we get a front office person personnel in. Um, interesting time right now for the galaxy, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess we can shift over um to our preview of Portland. Um, that is gonna happen this week. So um, yeah, Galaxy will travel to Providence Park to take on the Portland Timbers. Portland are currently in 10th place with a record of one and three, and are on a three-game losing streak. Um, definitely for sure, regardless of the record that Portland has. Won't be an easy matchup. It's never easy to go play in Providence Park. It's never easy to play in the Pacific Northwest for the Galaxy, whether it's Seattle or Portland. Um, we kind of know that from like, you know, historically that's kind of been a troubling place for the Galaxy. Um, but yeah, I mean, we go up to go play Portland this weekend, um, who right now aren't the best, but I definitely do think they have, you know, good pieces around them and they can probably they're probably gonna compete at some point. They're probably gonna get get it going. Um, but anyways, uh Let's start off with uh with you, Alex. How, how do you feel about this game going in uh, on Saturday? Yeah, two very short-handed teams. I think Portland had like eight or nine guys on their injury report right now. A lot of them starters and like one on international duty. So they have a lot of guys that. But to be fair, so do we. So it's gonna be two short-handed sides. Playing in Portland is always very tough for the Galaxy, like the Pacific Northwest is, like you just said. And it's going to be an interesting game. Portland's going to be out to prove a point after getting destroyed last week by Atlanta. They're not going to want to roll over or show their fans that's what they are. And the Galaxy are still motivated for their first one of the year. So it's going to be a very interesting game, to say the least. I don't really know what to expect. I'm thinking, I don't know. Both teams are missing a lot of players. There might be a lack of quality in the game. So who knows what will happen. Crystal, what do you think about going into the game? Yeah, so for Portland, I feel like it will be like an interesting, it'll be an interesting matchup just because, yeah, Portland got smacked pretty hard by Atlanta. And obviously, they're going to play at home and nobody's going to want to lose at home, especially getting like beat the way they got beat by Atlanta. Because let me tell you that game. Jeez. But, anyways, um, yeah, I feel like it'll be tough though because of the international duties. Like, both sides will be a little bit short. Yeah, of course. Um, especially with Portland having injuries. So we do, I guess, in a sense, have like a little bit more of the upper hand to a certain extent. Um, but that shouldn't mean that the Galaxy should like go in with that mentality and they shouldn't like let their guard down too much because at the same time, soccer is soccer and anything can happen. Uh, one moment, like I thought that was actually really good at what Greg Bandy said. Like it really stuck out to me. That's going to be a little bit off topic, but he said that like um, talking about moments, and I feel like, yeah, anything can happen in certain moments. So if that moment just happens where it's against us or for us, like that can make or change it, make or break a 
game. So I feel like the Galaxy should definitely go into a mindset of not that it's going to be kind of easy. I feel like they should go into a mindset like if they're playing a harder team like Dallas, LAFC, Seattle, Austin, like those bigger teams. Right. Um, definitely for sure. I, I agree with all those as well. Um, but yeah, this ain't going to be an easy easy game for the Galaxy. Of course, like we said before, um, it's not easy playing in the Pacific Northwest. It's very tough for the Galaxy to go play either Portland or in Seattle. But yeah, I mean, it is tough to go play there. I mean, last time we did go play in Portland, we won 3-0, right, against them in the beginning of the season last year, um, if I recall. But but yeah, I mean, so, but again, that's a rarity, right? So it's not always going to be that way when we go up there. And um, yeah, it's going to be Portland shorthanded and we're going to be shorthanded, right? You got some injuries and we got people leaving on international duty. Uh, Jovalic is going to um, with Serbia. And then I don't think, I don't know if Bond's going to be cleared for Saturday. I think there's going to be a media call tomorrow. Um, but that also brings up another interesting point, which is if you're going to be shorthanded, and I'm assuming Chicharito and Costa are training now, and I think could possibly be cleared for this game. But, I mean, would you want to put those guys in, in this situation? And especially in Portland where they have synthetic fields where it's not, you know, it's turf and turf honestly is not a good playing surface to play on, especially for people coming off an injury. Um, But let's say if they are cleared, right. If Chicharito or Costa and even bond, let's say are cleared to play in this game on, on a, on a field that has turf where it causes a lot more injuries. Do you think you would, you would do that? Do you think they should, or do you think, Maybe they should go in the in this kind of empty handed in a bit, try to get those guys recovered as much as possible and skip out skip it skip out on this week and just try to go with the squad that you have now. I mean, I feel like for Bond, I don't think it would probably be very smart to put him in this game. Um, even if he does get cleared, because I feel like when he did get hit, he did get hit pretty hard. Um Again, like just being right in front of that play, like obviously, like the like they were going at it pretty fast, and like you know he's there, his body's already tense, and you know you get hit like that, and it's a lot of shock on your body. So I feel like he should wait, um, just for just precaution reasons. Um, I honestly feel like Chicha and Costa would be fine, especially as subs, um, especially Costa. I feel like Chicha, I feel like Chicharito, he's always been one to always work on himself and to keep his physique very up um that's one thing I admire a lot about Chicha is that even when he's kind of down he tries to still work on himself or even when he was like in a moment where he's doing really good he still continues to work on himself and that's one thing I did notice even while he was out um that he was constantly training he was still like you know getting his therapy doing his treatments doing what he needed to do to get his body better. Um, I feel like Costa, he's always been very distant, so it's hard to say with him, like, what he's doing. Not because he could be doing stuff, he just may not be posting it online, but um, I feel like Chicha, I feel like Chicha would be fine, honestly. I feel like Costa would be one that would be good as a sub, but I feel like Bond shouldn't shouldn't play um, just for, again, for precautionary reasons. I I feel like he did get hit pretty hard. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, again, going back to the, the playing surface, right? It's turf, and basically it's just carpet above, like, cement and with rubber pellets, right? So it's 
it's it's a tough playing surface for a reason. And obviously, if Bond's gonna keep doing these saves and these dives, probably wouldn't be good for his shoulder, right? So or whatever he got hurt on. I'm pretty sure it was the shoulder. It looked like the shoulder, but it wouldn't be good for him. Um, um, but I also I don't know because again. I don't want to. I don't want these guys who are coming off an injury going in a playing surface that's tough to play on, and then then getting injured again because it. You know you don't want to see that, right? You don't want to see our our players get, um, you know, hurt again or hurt for a long period of time. So that that wouldn't be a good idea. But I don't know. It, it really just depends on what Granny Greg Vanny thinks about it. Um, but let's say if Chicharito doesn't play or Costa doesn't play, um, you still get to see what some of these guys do, and then. You get Preston Judd, I guess, as the striker for this for this game, um, if if Greg Vandy really wants to, but I, I don't know. I mean, it it'd be interesting to see what they do, but yeah, I mean, overall, like I said, this game ain't gonna be easy for the Galaxy, um, and I hope we can get a result, but it's not gonna be easy for sure. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it would be nice to see Preston, you know. Also, too, at the same time, part of me is like, mm, I think it would be nice to see Preston kind of step up just a little bit and to see what he can do, especially in a moment like this, because there's going to come a time where, like, you know, Preston at one point can be like that main striker for this club eventually. And I feel like it would be nice to kind of put him in that light, kind of what I had said in the beginning with Jalen, it would be nice to start Jalen and see like where that's going and look how good it's going. Not that Preston's here to replace anybody just yet, but you know, we can finally open him from being on that G2 level into coming into a more higher level playing and, you know, really see what we, he can do. Cause he's young and he does have a lot of potential. I really like Preston's playing style and Preston just in general. And I feel like it's going to be the same thing as Jalen. Like, you start bringing him up, just especially in certain situations like this, when you, you know, like, and he has that backup, like, worst case scenario, if he's injured, he's gone. Like, I, we're still good because we have Preston. Like, he can he can be at that level. Obviously, it'll take some time still. But, you know, we can pretty much see what he can do being in that, being in that light, being under that pressure. Right. I Yeah, that definitely is a... Uh... You know that is an interesting take, of course, and that which I do agree, right? Because I think if some of these young guys, you're gonna have to put them in eventually, and you know, you drafted Preston a few years ago, um, and he's done good in G two, you know, and eventually, like you said, right, he might be that starter at some point. Let once Chicharito leaves, and who knows what Dejan does in in the future as well, and he could possibly be that, you know, also the future of the LA Galaxy at some point. So yeah, it'll be interesting what they do in that position without Dejan and possibly no Chicharito as well. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they do. But, I mean, if Preston Judd does start this weekend, you know, I'll be rooting for the guy. I, I mean, no, I don't think anybody's not going to be rooting for him. People like him. People enjoy him as a player. And, you know, we'll see. And, and yeah, I mean, just we'll see. And also all, all the other players, right? You know, whoever gets their opportunity, like Klinsman, if he starts in the – as the starting keeper, you know, he's going to get his opportunity and, you know, he's going to show what he can do. So yeah, it's going to be interesting this weekend. Um, But yeah, like I said, ain't going to be easy. Um, And this game is on Saturday at 1.30 PM kickoffs at 1.55 on Fox and Apple TV. So um, yeah, you know, go watch the G's play this weekend, go to a viewing party, whatever you need to do. And um, I think that's going to be it for the show. Um, Can't thank you guys enough for what, for listening. 
Um, if you want to follow me on the social medias, go follow me on the, at Insider Galaxy on Instagram, on Twitter. Go follow LA Galaxy Central on Instagram, which, by the way, he, uh, you know, disconnected for, for this last part. So, um, yeah, but go follow him on, you know, on the social medias as well. Go follow Crystal as well. Um, I've posted her socials before, so, you know, go follow her, and I'll probably post her or tag her in the, you know, the, you know, my social posts for this episode and stuff like that. So go follow her um, when you can. It So, yeah. Anyways, um, but thank you guys for listening. Um, Crystal, anything you want to say to the listeners before we go? Don't forget to support Galaxy 2 in their first match against San Jose. It's on Sunday, March 26th at 5 p.m. They are playing in San Jose, but you can watch it on Apple TV with your MLS season pass. And FYI to who did not know that, if you did want to catch any G2 games this season, they will all be streamed on that MLS season pass on Apple TV. There you go. Look at Crystal giving the MLS season pass plug <laughs> into the closing minutes of this episode. By the way, we're not sponsored, but Apple, if you want to sponsor us to promote your, your streaming platform, um, do that. Cause this might be I the last time. Cause this might be the last time we'll do that. So, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, go, go support G2. Uh, like you said, it's also going to be on Apple TV and it's this Sunday at 5 30 PM go, which also, by the way, I like the fact that, I get to watch G2 games more because it's on Apple TV. So there you go. Anyways, I'm stop I'm gonna stop giving Apple the plug because I'm it's basically free publicity. But anyways. Also, one more last note. If you did want to catch any Galaxy 2 games this season, um, they are free and they are open to the public, but they are gonna be held on the track and field. There you go. See, like I said in the beginning of the beginning of this episode, Crystal's the the G2 person. So yeah, there's also that too. Which, by the way, that's awesome that they're free and anybody can go watch them. Um, but yeah, go support G2 because some of those guys could be the future of this team as well. But anyways, like I said, that's going to be the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Be a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast whenever, whenever you're listening to the podcast. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week. And hopefully we get a good result and we get to talk about something positive next week. But anyways, thank you guys. And uh, Jesus. Seven words.